We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember to subscribe to the podcast on itunes google play TuneIn, stitcher or spotify and of course you can always check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com my name is andrew murdick and this week i am flying solo without kyle so, really happy to be back. Uh, one thing that I would urge you before we get kicked off into the content today is please uh, consider subscribing to the Packaday Podcast and giving us a five-star review. Um, if you like what we're doing, we'd really appreciate it. And, and please also go out and follow at Packaday Podcast so we can keep you updated on the latest and greatest happenings with the Green Bay Packers. And speaking of latest and greatest, of course, today we get the news that Odell Beckham is signing with the L.A. Rams. And it certainly is interesting. You know, the Rams seemingly came out of nowhere uh, in the talks, but or, or at least in the rumor mill, but there's so much about this move that I think makes sense. OBJ seemingly wants to be a celebrity. The Rams certainly have a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl. And players simply love to play for Sean McVay. So I don't know how much of a win this is for L.A., they basically replaced Deshaun Jackson with Beckham and risk having yet another diva wide receiver upset about not getting the ball enough. And you have Cooper Cup, who's having just an absolutely phenomenal season, a Devontae Adams-like season, and Robert Woods being just as big a threat as Odell currently is, quite frankly. It will be interesting to see how things play out, and the November matchup between the Packers and Rams certainly just got a lot more interesting but I don't want to talk about Odell Beckham anymore. Uh, it's time to move on, and we are back today for another round of key matchups and X-Factors. As always, I'm going to take some time and dive into the Packers' upcoming opponent, the roster, and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in the game. And then, of course, I will share my X-Factor prediction this week uh, to round out the end of the show. And, you know... Last week was an interesting matchup. You know, it was a frustrating loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, but, you know, the Packers are going to look to right the ship at home with a matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, I think there's a lot of matchups to be really interested in when, when you really break this game down. And, and the first one, I'm going to concentrate on the trenches, really on both sides of the ball. Um, but what I really liked was, you know, the Packers' defensive line against the Seahawks' interior offensive line. 
The Seahawks have had some troubles with their centers and both guards this season. Gabe Jackson has gone from one of the best guards in the entire league to pretty average relatively quickly. Damian Lewis is listed as 62nd out of 76 graded guards by Pro Football Focus. That is not good. Kyle Fuller, no, not the cornerback, uh, but the center Kyle Fuller is 37th out of 40 according to Pro Football Focus. So, it has been bad and should be a matchup the Packers can feast on. We don't know if Kenny Clark will be able to play, but being a limited participant in practice is at least a good sign. Certainly, though, you flip the script and you take a look. TJ Slayton played great on Sunday, and we could see Dean Lowry and Kingsley Kiki back in full force. This is a great opportunity to control the run game and to get in either Russell Wilson or Geno Smith's face in the pass rush and really cause some havoc back there. So I think... This matchup needs to be heavily in the favor of the Packers. I think on paper it certainly is, uh, but they need to win that matchup and and thus a key matchup, if you will. Um, On the other side of the ball, the Packers' interior offensive line against the Seahawks' defensive line I think is just as crucial of a matchup. Al Woods and Puna Ford, maybe you don't know those names, but they have been really, really good this season. And the Packers' interior offensive line was pretty miserable against Kansas City. I do not expect Royce Newman to hold up consistently against Chris Jones, but he didn't even put up resistance on so many occurrences. So if Bakhtiari plays, which we don't know, I I, I actually don't really, well, I'm not sure, right? We we don't know. Um, But if Bakhtiari plays, I think, you know, you move Elton to left guard, how does that affect the rest of the line? Personally, I'd advocate for John Ronnie Jr. to flip over to right guard in place of Newman, but we don't know if that's what the plan is. We don't know, you know, how the Packers feel about John Ronnie Jr. at right guard. We don't really know what their their thoughts on Newman. Uh, certainly, he hasn't graded well. He didn't look good in the Kansas City game, definitely. Um, but then again, he's going up against Chris Jones, so we will see. But the Packers need to establish a run game, especially if Jordan Love ends up starting in this one. Then. You know, we'll go to kind of a scary matchup. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett versus Kevin King and Rasul Douglas. We can still hold out hope that Eric Stokes will be able to play. And and actually, things out of practice on Thursday looked relatively promising in, in that regard. But more than likely, King and Douglas are going to have their hands full. The Packers have done a phenomenal job of limiting big plays all season long, which was especially apparent against the Chiefs, who they really held down, um, gave up next to no explosive plays. The, the longest play was a 20-some yard reception by Travis Kelsey. But it is hard to argue this duo is probably as good as almost any other in the league, talking about Metcalf and Lockett. So I do expect there to be times when the corners get beat and limiting the big plays is just going to be a huge factor in keeping the Seahawks point production low enough to keep Green Bay in the game and so you're either going to make Russell Wilson have to be really patient or you're going to force Geno Smith to make some throws underneath and and then you're you're going to hope that those drives fall apart and I, I think the Packers have been incredibly successful with that I love the way they're rallying to the ball I love the way they're tackling and so yeah this Packers defense has been playing really well But this is going to be a big test, right? We know DK Metcalf, as explosive as they come in the NFL, maybe behind just Tyree Kill. And, you know, Tyler Lockett is a fantastic receiver. So certainly some challenges to be put up there. Now I'm going to flip to the other side of the ball. I'm taking the easy way out here by just keeping the matchups the same and then looking uh, at the other side of the field. But, you know, another wide receiver corner matchup, Devontae Adams versus DJ Reed Jr., 
The Seahawks do not have good cornerback play, period. Reed Jr. is the highest graded corner for Seattle, but Pro Football Focus has him listed as the 33rd best graded corner. So that would make him a top number two in the league, uh, not a number one that you would want, especially not going against Devontae. And quite frankly, the depth chart goes down pretty drastically from there. So this is a great opportunity for Devontae to feast, regardless of who is at quarterback. And I certainly expect to see some Seahawks defensive backs getting absolutely turned around, beat all over the field. If the Packers are going to be more successful in moving the ball than they were last week. And, and so I think being able to feed Devontae, being able to get him super involved is going to be incredibly important for the success of this Green Bay team. And so those are my four key matchups. Moving on to X-Factors. Kyle and I, so far, uh, this season have been pretty good at identifying who the X-Factors are going to be, and I am going to try to just keep up that in his absence. So I'm going to cheat a little bit this week, uh, and I'm going to pick two players because normally we would pick one each. And so uh, I'll try to channel Kyle here, and I'm going to go with Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. I I mentioned the issues the Seahawks are likely going to have facing Devontae. But that also means that they're going to open up some things against the second and third cornerbacks who are just really like a sliding scale down even from DJ Reed Jr. So at some point, I think MVS is going to have a chance to make a big difference on a shot play. I think he's going to have some opportunities to maybe get over the middle of the field. And I think he is due, you know, last week was working him back into the offense, of course, with the limitations the entire Packers offense had. Not just Jordan Love, but really all across the board, MVS wasn't really able to get going. But I do think he's in line for a really good game. Coming off that injury, Getting back to Lambo, I, I think we could see some big plays from MVS in this one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm also going to pick TJ Slayton. And... You know, Slayton was just super impressive in spelling Kenny Clark against Kansas City. And I think he continues that level of play against Seattle, even if Clark plays, which I don't totally expect. But, you know, he was a limited participant and and maybe they find a way to get him out there. I wouldn't risk it, but maybe they do. Um, But even so, I think Slayton 
can do so much to control the run game and help apply pressure up the middle. I was a fan of his when he got drafted. I really was. I liked him in the draft, and and to get him in the fifth round, I thought was just a crazy steal. But he has surpassed even my expectations and looks to be a real difference maker moving forward for this Green Bay Packer team. And so those are the key matchups and X factors, and really you'll notice a pattern there. I'm talking about the interior of the trenches, and the outsides, right? So interior offensive line versus defensive line on both sides of the ball, and TJ Slayton as my X-Factor, and then also those outside positions with Lockett and Metcalf against Green Bay's corners with Devontae Adams and the X-Factor MVS against the Seattle corners. So this is an interesting game, I think, right? You know, in, in summary, you take a look and you would expect the Packers to be favored in this game. You would expect the Packers to win all things being equal, but we just don't know about this quarterback matchup, right? It could end up being Geno Smith against Aaron Rodgers. could be Geno Smith against Jordan Love. could be Russell Wilson against Aaron Rodgers. could be Russell Wilson against Jordan Love. And we don't know which combination, which which is going to uh, make the betting line in this game certainly really interesting, but it's also, you know, really going to come down to a lot of what we hear on Saturday, you know, is Aaron Rodgers going to clear the COVID protocol? Uh, I think there's some optimism there, but we don't necessarily know. I think, you know, for Russell Wilson, is he going to be taken off IR and, and be ready to go with that thumb injury? It certainly sounds like it based on all the things he says and his ridiculous assertion of a 19 hour rehab day. Uh, but uh, anyways, you know, this could be a really good matchup. I think the Packers have done a really good job of controlling Russell Wilson in the past, and certainly they'll look to continue that pattern. I think for Aaron Rodgers to get back out, uh, you know, maybe get some people talking about some things that aren't COVID-related when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, maybe cleanse the palate a little bit from this Odell Beckham situation and really move forward, I think would be important for him. That being said, I guess I wouldn't mind seeing Jordan Love get an opportunity at Lambeau Field, right? Take that hostile environment out of it with a full week of preparation, with the opportunity to work a little bit more closely with Devontae, to have MVS back a little bit uh, more closely to 100% uh, and and working together and, and see if this offense could click there, if Jordan Love would have a better game. I would expect that to be the case, uh, but we don't know. I, I just think, you know, the opportunity to play love has a ton of advantages in that you're going to get to see what the future could look like. You're also going to get to maybe market him a little bit to some potential trade opportunities if Aaron Rodgers does decide that he wants to stick around. And we don't know if he's going to get that opportunity, right? Packers are going to play off hunt. The counter to that is, of course, Packers need to win this game, right? Seattle, uh, while they have been off to a sluggish start so far this season um still are you know by all means somebody that could jump back into this playoff hunt very easily even in a really tough nfc west if they get russell wilson back at 100 percent, i think this is a team that could give the packers problems and certainly you want to win every game you can and especially every nfc game that you can and so there's some interesting dynamics there so kyle and i always ask What's the Seahawks' path to victory in this game? And I think there's some relatively straightforward things, right? We always talk about, like, well, penalties will kill you. Getting sacked will kill you. 
turning the ball over will kill you. Special teams errors, <laughs> sorry about that, uh, which I'll talk about in a moment. Those will kill you. But outside of those things, like what, what could the Seahawks do well that wouldn't be a Packers self-inflicted wound to win this game? First of all, big plays in the passing game, certainly. And the Packers have done such a fantastic job of really limiting those. But it doesn't take much for DK Metcalf to get behind you. It doesn't take much for Tyler Lockett to catch a crosser and, and take it, you know, 50, 60 yards. So Packers have to be really cautious of that. We're, we're going to have to continue to see some really good pass rush up front uh, to make sure that Russell Wilson or Geno Smith don't have the time to throw that they, they're going to need to get those deep ones off. Um, and then also they're going to need some really good coverage out of those players as well. But so far, the Packers have checked those boxes. Um, not committing to the run game, I think, could really swing this game in the favor of the Seahawks. We saw the Packers really struggling to sustain drives. We saw the pass pro breaking down. And we saw them having success in the running game despite all of that, even, even with the heavy blitz packages. And so... I think, you know, for Matt LaFleur, he got away from the running game a little bit too quickly. And and maybe that's just, we, we forget Matt LaFleur is still a very young coach, um, and he's still learning on the fly. He's had, I think, just over 40 regular season games that he's coached. Um, and while he's had massive success, there's still some things that he's learning from. And I think one of those is not to give up on the run game too soon. Maybe that's him having Aaron Rodgers and being able to get away with that a little bit more. But we saw a taste of, with Jordan Love, I think you need to reestablish that commitment to the run game. And then just not sustaining drives, period. Whatever that happens to be. Um, So I think the Packers need to certainly clean up the field goal unit. Uh, And I'll talk about special teams in a moment, but... You got to turn those those drives and touchdowns, and not rely on your field goal unit. And so, you know, it's it's converting that third and medium. It's it's being able to uh, get ahead of the chains and not having to have third and tens and third and twelves and and things like that. So um, that might seem really obvious, but I do think that it is super crucial for this Packers team to continue to prolong drives keep your defense fresh not force them to play much of the game like they did in kansas city and and keep having to rely on them getting three and outs and making you know red zone stands and things like that and then of course special teams right i've now (laughs) dropped hints at this uh several times everybody knows what a disaster it was in kansas city that doesn't need to be repeated but the packers simply have to figure something out number one on the punt return team Either Amari Rodgers needs to be a heck of a lot more decisive or they need to move on from him in the punt return game. That doesn't mean move on from him in cutting him. That would be silly. Uh, I, I still think he has a role, and I still think he can be a good punt returner in the future, but there's there's a lack of confidence going on right now. You, you saw in the tentativeness to run up and fair catch that punt. You saw it in the way that he's handling some of the balls, uh, You know, double catching, bobbling, doing a lot of chest catching instead of getting it with his hands. And um, I, I, it's it's dangerous. It's been costly so far already, but it could be more costly in even more important games. And so the Packers have to figure something out. If it's putting Randall Cobb back there, I think a lot of us have advocated for that, and that's fine. Um, but if it's not, then getting Amari Rodgers to the point where I don't feel like I'm going to have heart palpitations every single time a punt is kicked by the other team. On kickoff returns, I think, you know, right now it's 
safely say, uh, take a knee if you can. If Malik Taylor is going to continue to return kicks, I think he's been doing an okay job of that. Teams are going to start kicking short to the Packers uh, more consistently because they know they're not going to get back to the 25. So I think, you know, just Malik Taylor being back there, being consistent, holding on to the ball, making good decisions. If the ball's in the end zone, taking a knee, those things are important. Coverage units have been all right. I I don't have a huge problem with uh, the way that they've covered kicks so far, at least not the last several weeks. Uh, Corey Bojorquez is, is punting really well. But it's just so many issues in the kick team. Number one, long snapper. Um, you know, making that change was interesting. I, you know, I, I can't pretend to be an expert on long snappers, but we know that they're able to spin the ball with the laces the way they want. And I think right now the Packers are in a little bit of an adjustment period in figuring out where the new long snapper needs to be set up and um, the communication between the long snapper, the punter and Mason Crosby is going to be really important. Secondly, Bohorquez has to line the ball up the way Mason Crosby wants it, right? Now, Crosby is not at like completely blameless in this situation, but having the laces out instead of facing forward can affect the trajectory of the ball, and I think that's what we saw in that first kick. I think, you know, Bohorquez didn't even spin the ball on the second one. He just caught it and put it down, so... I think there have been rumors of him having problems with holding for kicks all the way back to his Buffalo days. And I wonder if that is rearing its ugly head. Um, I don't know. And I don't know what the solution to that is because obviously he's punting the ball very well, but you can't have a bad holder. Uh, It just doesn't work. So whatever the Packers need to do to get that figured out, that needs to happen. And then there's the blocking scheme. I mean, just too much penetration uh, up the middle. First it was off the right side. Now it's up the middle. And, and so they really need to get that cleaned up. And, um, you know, if it's personnel changes, I don't know, you know, who else they can put out there. But something's got to happen to clean this up because you can't have kicking problems going into the playoffs. It just, it just won't fly. So, again, I think some things – the Seahawks can do to have a chance in this game, big plays in the passing game, uh, and then help uh, being able to you know prevent the Packers from having long sustained drives. That's it. I, I mean, I really think the Packers need to be favored in this game. I think they have a really good chance, whether it's Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, to get a bounce back victory, a big one against an NFC opponent, and uh, you know we'll we'll see. Certainly, injuries are going to have something to do with that. So so please stay tuned. Tomorrow on Saturday's show, they're going to get you all caught up on what the injury updates are going into Sunday's game. But that is all the time that I have for today. This has been the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Mertig. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. He will be back next week, uh, I promise. And uh, we'll be getting you ready for the Packers Week 11 game at the Minnesota Vikings next week. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember...